Hi, it's Dahlia Lithwick. Today we have a preview of the extended interview I did with Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg for the Class of RBG special series that you heard last week. If you want to listen to the full interview, you've got to sign up for Slate Plus. As a Slate Plus member, you'll get bonus segments with Mark Joseph Stern on future Amicus episodes, and you won't hear any more ads on any Slate podcasts. And perhaps most importantly, you will be supporting the work that we do here on Amicus. So head on over to slate.com slash Amicus Plus to sign up now. Here's a preview of the full interview with Justice Ginsburg. You're all arriving at Harvard in 1956. Did you even see women when you were first sort of moving in and settling in and walking around, or was it just a sea of men? There were... Two women in my section, this Trudy and Ginny Davis, later Norton. So when I went to class, there were the two other women in the class. And, and then I think our section was something like 125. But it was a jump up from Marty's class. There were five women in his class. There were more the first year that they took women. And and did they deliberately divide you into different sections? Like, did they want to have one or two women? Yeah, in they every- had, and let's see, there were nine of us, so they had at least two in every section, yeah. One of the things that was interesting, I think it was Carol who said in her interview that we were all oddities, was the word she used. You know, we were all sort of outliers, and, and I think initially when we started this project, we thought that you'd all clump together and be like a pack. And I was remembering when I started at Stanford Law School, you know, in 1992, all the women were just in a pack. But it doesn't seem as though that necessarily organically happened. You didn't kind of travel all the women kind of having each other's backs, right? It was a little more complicated. Well, for me... And I had no time to waste because Jane was 14 months when I started. So my time was used very efficiently in, in for classes, for studying after class, come home at 4 o'clock and take, to take care of Jane. So I didn't have time for any socializing or, um, except on weekends. So the only, the only person among the women... Uh, for a time, I was uh, close to Jenny uh, Davis, and that continued after law school. It may have been, I don't, well, for one thing, she was in my section, and she was just a lovely person. She was a, a Christian scientist, so... When Marty had cancer his third year or second year, she visited him in the hospital uh, a few times, and I was wondering how that would be for her. Because I watched her once in class. She was sitting a couple of rows ahead of me, and she cut her finger. uh, She had paper cut, and her finger was bleeding. And I wanted to go over and blot it for her, but she didn't. She just let it... (laughs) (laughs) Just bleeding onto the desk? Yeah. (laughs) And so you were you, you so, weren't sure how she would be when Marty was in the hospital because yeah because reacting to a hospital. <laughs> can can you can you talk about 
there was such a dividing line in the interviews between the people who came with children and spouses and the people who kind of some of the women that we talked to were having cooking dinner for the all the men in the class, you know, were described, oh, you know, it was great. I would get notes because, you know, all the men were falling over themselves to help me out. There, was that the demarcation point between the women is the people who sort of were all business because they had other things going on and the people who were, were a little bit maybe there to look around? In my first year, I was the only one who was married and had a child. I think Carol, Carol, I think she got married. Did she get married while she was in law school or after? And Alice got married at the end of her first year. Mm-hmm. So my first year, I was the only married woman in the class. And, and the only mother, because Rhoda Solon or Rhoda Isselbacher took her first year at Penn and then she was in our second year. So when she came, she was married. She was married, but she wasn't in your in your one L class, right? And 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 so when Carol describes in some of the interviews, she describes you know sitting on the steps and doing crossword puzzles, or um, you know some of the women describe. There's a, a stunning amount of of I think BJ was it BJ and Carol and and Flora who were all cooking dinners for the men who were just delighting in the free meals. It just seemed like they were in a really different world than you were. I, I think that's so. The cooking began with a, I don't know where John Kaplan went to law school, but he was on the Sanford faculty for years. It was called the Radcliffe Cooking Contest. So he and his roommates got this idea they'd have a competition and they'd have a different girl come and cook for them and at the end of the year they'd give a prize to the winner of the Radcliffe cooking contest then some of the the, the guys at, at the law school decided they would take up but the, the idea that John had but they would use the women in the class instead of the Radcliffe girls so, and this was fun for the women? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there, I think... there was, a, in those years, the Harvard Law Wives Club. So most of the women that I knew were married to men, mostly in Marty's class. And I got invited... Uh, to the Law Wives Association because I was a law wife. But that, that was to help the wives be supportive of their husbands who were engaged in this intense education at, at the law school. To listen to the full interview, sign up for Slate Plus at slate.com slash amicus plus. That's slate.com slash amicus plus.